This week's podcast is sponsored by Westfield. With a new season underway, Lou and I thought it was about time we got our spring wardrobes in order. So naturally, we headed straight for Westfield London, Europe's biggest shopping centre for the best possible selection of fashion right now. From the luxe labels in the village to more affordable high street options like Urban Revivo, Cos and All Saints, we discovered some of the best the mall has to offer before revealing our must-have buys to one another. From great workwear hits to cool new season accessories, watch us unbox our spring finds on the Sherlux YouTube channel now. And to find out more about the mall, visit westfield.com. Welcome to the Sherlux Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Laura Black and Rebecca Hull. Hi, everyone. Hello. What's everybody been watching this week? I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching Cheat and it's really good. And the best thing about it is you can get through it in four episodes. It's on every single night. Ooh, love um, things like that. Yeah, you know, when you can just binge it and you don't have to wait till the following week and then you've forgotten everything. Yeah. So basically it's about a woman. She's a teacher and she has a particularly difficult student who ends up seeking revenge on her for something she is yet unaware of. And that is the plot in a nutshell. But she completely takes down her teacher. It's brilliant. But the end has a huge twist. Cool. Is it dark? Is it funny? Is it scary? I'd say it's quite dark. It's definitely a thriller. Cool. It's not funny, actually. Just <laughs> <laughs> <That's> not funny. <laughs> um, and then I also, like you, Charlotte, watched Queer Eye. Oh my the God. first Queer two, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first three. Yeah. Did you? Good as ever. I have watched four. I was saying earlier today, every time it comes back round, I kind of forget in the interim why I like it so much. And then mm. it comes back and I'm like, oh, this is wild. How many so series good. are there? This is number three, yeah. and there's eight per season. Yeah. So you don't have that much, and they're so bingeable. Like, I've so never watched. Oh, oh Laura, it's so oh, good. It's so nice. Can you watch with a man? Yeah, yeah. So, Ben yeah. loves it. Okay. Absolutely loves it. Toby watched it for the first time this Saturday night, and he'd been really like reluctant to watch it before. But yeah, he loved it. He was Except like, actually, I can see why. He's why? Like, it's oh, yeah, five of them are so nice, and you're really rooting for everyone mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. actually, it's not what I thought it would be. That's why it's so much better than your average makeover show and that's the reason it's so modern as well that they are genuinely there like to help these people with their self-esteem there's no ulterior motive everything they do is rooted back to helping them internally so true and they're just so kind and lovely and it's just so good and they all have something really that they can relate to the characters which Mm -hmm. I just love I mean and Anthony when he was talking about an intimate relationship with addiction like they're not patronising because they genuinely have had quite exactly experiences and it's just Oh, I just love it. I know, and I fancy Anthony so much. Yeah, it's so <laughs> hard not him. to, isn't it? I love he's him gorgeous. so much. He's so gorgeous and so well dressed. Yeah. Now he's not just trying to show people how to make guacamole. I know <laughs> people are back on board. Him. Although in the first episode, I was like, Anthony has done nothing. He yeah, did. he does exactly. nothing. He takes her out for lunch in the first yeah. episode. He's literally so each got their own responsibilities for the people. So one's like the interior designer, one does fashion. So they kind of have this three sixty <laughs> approach to right. healing them. Yeah. And this guy Anthony's is food. Yeah. But he's not really a chef. He's just like incredibly good looking and charming yeah. <laughs> because he's not a chef he's been criticised as Heather yeah. says for just yeah. making work like every single time he's like here's some smashed avocado it will change your life like, <laughs> but so often they just can't find a place for him yeah so yeah. they just put him like in a restaurant and it's like okay he's done his bit it's yeah. fine yeah. Lunch. and then you've got Bobby who's literally like making over a house <laughs> in two yeah, days <laughs> yeah. yes, it does seem disproportionate the workload between the men but it's just so heartwarming I, and yeah. I cry in every episode oh god yeah. I did and it wasn't just because I'd had a few beers like, yeah. I was like to my boyfriend 
like this happens every time. Yeah, it's not. It's not oh yeah, Ben cries every night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need so, to watch. Oh, you should. It's so. It makes yeah. me feel so yeah. good. I think that's the thing. It makes you feel so good about just yourself as mm. well. And it's so empowering. Has exactly. anyone got to episode four yet? No, just yet. I'm on two. So without giving too much away, in episode four, there's a guy who is very incredibly self-deprecating and self-critical, and he uses humor to kind of. Like, so he's mm-hmm. he's a bit overweight. He's not as overweight as he thinks he is, but he says a lot of negative things about himself in their first moments of meeting. And I won't give away what he does, but Karamo does his exercise with him. Karamo oh, is culture, oh. which is a terrible name to describe what he does. He's basically like self-esteem. That should yeah, be his like title. The therapist. Therapy, yeah. yeah. And he does this exercise with him, which was just like, it's probably just a really classic therapy exercise, mm-hmm. but you watch him do it and it's just so, like everybody should be able to do this for themselves. And so actually the show gives you really good tools mm. to boost your own self-esteem. It's just great. I think he's incredible actually. Yeah, yeah he is. Because he's done a lot with Obama. Has he? Yeah. Like, I think he's done a lot with sort of youths, people that have been in knife crime. Yeah. He's done loads. Cool. Absolutely loads. Mm. I oh, really yeah, admire he's him. got like a rougher past, hasn't he? And then he's past, really reformed. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely love him. Oh, I just, well, I mean, I love them all. Yeah. What I love as well is that Toby had like the same reaction I think everybody has when Jonathan Van Ness first appears <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. Like, I remember when I watched it, I was like, oh Ugh, God, yeah. this is going to get annoying. And then within five yeah. minutes, you love like, him. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. So yeah. Jonathan is like so over the top, but he wins you over straight away. Oh, yeah. And I think so kind. Yeah, you realise that genuinely is him. I think yeah. he's got no off button. That's it. I think, yeah, at first you're like, oh, is he putting on an yeah. act or like really ramping it up? First ever episode, he's like, I'm Beyonce. And start seeing those of hair flips. Yeah. And like, um, but no. But that's actually him. But that is yeah. him, yeah. I love um, him. He is going on tour in the UK. I saw Ooh. Did you see that? I saw it yes. on his Instagram. I need to investigate what that actually means. Yes. I don't know what he'll be doing, but you can buy tickets to see him live. He's like Amazing. doing ice skating now, isn't he? I, saw oh, that. I think he's going to be in a new show, TBC, when it comes out. I've just seen bits on Twitter of him sort of pirouetting on ice, <laughs> and he's bloody good. So I don't yeah, know he is good. what he's doing with that show, but oh, I'm glad I'll I did watching. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that missed the memo because I saw the ice skating. Too, and I was like, what is happening? Yeah, like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Interesting. What a guy. Um, oh, it's just so good. Other than Queer Eye, I've been watching Derry Girls. I don't know if oh, any of you have watched, watched it. it. Oh, I need to see it. You that. should. It's one of the funniest things I've seen mm-hmm. on British TV in Can a very you? long time. What exactly is it about? So it's about these four girls and one of their cousins. They're all 16 and it's set in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. So pretty bleak backdrop. You do see kind of soldiers in the background and things like that, but it's not bleak at all really it's just hilarious it's just these kids at their very very Catholic strict school just kind of running amok but I don't know they've really captured what it's like to be a teenager and like in all its funniness they don't dwell too much on like the heavy sort of adolescent stage it's just 24 minutes of mayhem but it's just very believable all the characters as in the main kids characters are all so likeable and they're all different but just very very likeable and watchable and it's not pitched at teen audience not at all I think if anything because there's that real 90s nostalgia the soundtrack's amazing like loads of cranberries on (laughs) yeah it's just really nostalgic and fun and there's a brilliant character called Sister Michael who's kind of the head of the Catholic school and she's just brilliant she hates them and hates everything (laughs) but just one little withering look from her is just the best bit of the whole show is there anyone famous in it no not really so they're all kind of the girls especially kind of up and coming sort of unknowns when it came out last year so there's only six episodes in the first series which are all on the Channel 4 website I think and then there's been two other ones from this series so you can watch it all extremely quickly and okay. I recommend you do because it's very very funny cool well I have to give a shout out to a restaurant I went to this weekend mm. I went to Coal Office nice. for the second time actually yeah, yeah 
so it's Tom Dixon owned restaurant in Cold Drops Yard which is the new development in King's Cross so if you know the area it's right by Central St Martins like the square with all the fountains and the development's amazing I think in summer it's really going to come into its pride because mm. it's very exposed actually we went on Saturday night when it was pouring with rain it was quite oh, no. <laughs> so, so I think in summer it's going to be lovely and there's some really trendy hairdressers and shops and, mm. and kind of boutiques there it's a really really lovely space and Cold Office is is really Middle Eastern food so if you're into your aubergines and your polentas mm. and that kind of thing it's got touches of like the Barbary and Palomar mm. and those kind of restaurants we're constantly complaining that there's not that many vibey places to go in London like you go out in New York and it's so fun and restaurants are like really buzzy and they've got great music yeah. and London I always think really lacks that but Cold Office absolutely has that they play really loud Israeli music it's like you're in a club <laughs> in Tel Aviv the food is so good and the reason I didn't mention it the first time we went is we thought the food was actually quite average mm. but actually having gone back I think it's improved and we went with a group which I think you focus on the food a little bit less when yeah, there's more yeah, of you fun. like they bring shots the oh, drinks wow. are great it's just a really fun if you want dinner but more of a night out vibe I really recommend it that's Ooh, really good yeah. I feel like that's what not really what they pitched themselves as when they first opened so I'm glad they've gone down that route yeah. it sounded before like quite a serious experience I think because of the Tom Dixon angle but actually I can see why they take themselves seriously because the food is quite smart it's flavours and stuff that aren't kind of day to day so I suppose the food is a bit elevated mm-hmm. but it's really delicious and mm. nothing that like you won't have had before if you've tried that food and um, the interiors gorgeous interiors mm. it's quite kind of open kitchen vibes but everything you eat from is Tom Dixon so the glasses chic. are Tom Dixon all of the cutlery and crockery mm. and, and everything is Tom Dixon so it's super chic and attached is a Tom Dixon store as well so you can buy oh. everything so yeah I really recommend it I think we all know people with varying degrees of paranoia about their health. And I think we've all been guilty of Googling symptoms when we know we shouldn't have. We wrote a piece called 22 Health Niggles You Shouldn't Ignore, all about the different symptoms that could be signs of something more sinister. I don't want to dwell on that because it's quite a depressing (laughs) which will actually make you paranoid if you weren't already. But I want to know how paranoid are you guys? Are you symptom Googlers? Laura? So I really try not to go onto Dr. Google. <laughs> it's just really hard not to, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Particularly when you have children, I'm like, oh my God, what's that? And Google, Google, Google. But then I get to the doctor and I'm like, promise I haven't Googled because I know that they'll, you know, tell me off. But it's really hard, I think, not to jump to conclusions, mm-hmm. particularly when we're surrounded by... You know, always like, oh, you, your cough's gone on a bit too long. It's like, I don't know, pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I find it really hard not to jump to conclusions. And actually, my husband gets furious with me <laughs> because I'm like, it's been hanging around a little bit too long. Is it X, Y, Z? So, yeah, I probably am quite guilty of it. We're quite surrounded by horror stories, I yeah. think, that you see things on the news or on Instagram, yeah. you know, whatever it is, about these really awful things. And I think that that makes you a bit paranoid, doesn't it? Yeah. Heather, what about you? Paranoid? No, not really. I kind of just don't worry too much mm-hmm. about... I worry about everything else, but for whatever <laughs> reason, when it comes to health things, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll see what happens. But do you I do, go to the doctor? Very rarely, really? yeah. I think only if I felt genuinely like very unusual I'd yeah. probably go to the doctor but I do think that if I had children I would be but for myself I will worry about it but I'm not that quick to go yeah, to the doctor yeah me too no. me too it's just inconvenient I know we've probably spoken about this a thousand yeah, times there's so no, no easy yeah. way to yeah. try and get a doctor's appointment that's not going to kind of affect anything else 
else. So. Yeah. Also, the other day, I was trying to get a doctor's appointment for my daughter. I called on my thing mm. 72 times. Oh, my God. No, you didn't. Yeah, 72 times. 72 Because I was literally times. like, it's redial, like 8 redial. o'clock, and it's like, bang, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, 7.59, I'm literally there at yeah. the ID, like, cool, 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 oh cool. Oh, my God. My doctor is amazing. It's an NHS doctor, yeah. but they're really, like, quite ahead of the curve. You can yeah. go that morning and get an appointment for later in the day, and you can go at, like, 8, so it doesn't interfere yeah. with work. And often they've got appointments for nine something, so you don't even have to be yeah. that late. Mm. Or you can book something two weeks in advance or nine, which two weeks is quite a long time. I can't yeah, think of that many medical ailments that you would know two weeks in advance. No, yeah. they're like but, a repeat prescription. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So the main reason that I go to the doctor is to get the pill, to yeah. get that repeat prescription. And they have a machine that takes all the diagnostics oh, that you really? need. So oh, instead of having to see a nurse or a doctor, so you good. can do your own blood pressure, your own weight, all of that, and you just hand it in. And that they do is it for you. so yeah. good. That's good. And they're open eight to late on a Saturday as well. Oh, okay, that's excellent. Yeah. That is I'd just go on, on a Saturday, Saturday if that was the case. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shout out to Solent yeah. Road Medical yeah. Centre in yeah. West Hampstead. <laughs> they're, they're seriously really good. Yeah, so for things like a smear test, for example, yeah. things you can book in, I just book for a Saturday. Yeah. It's so good. So yeah, that, that is makes really. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well done to them. Uh, Becky, are you a paranoid health person? I'm exactly like Heather. I'm not at all. I mean, I can see why people would be because there is now everything's related to cancer or red meat or, you know, mm. do you know what I mean? It's literally shoved in your face but I think it does come down to lack of time and just being so busy I literally never go in and it's only if I need to for something like getting my blood pressure checked for the pill other than that I mean I'd call it lazy but it's more just time I just Hmm. don't bother and do you google your symptoms no I wouldn't say I do actually and if I did it would only be just to be like what can I do to get rid of it quickly mm-hmm. I'd like to think of myself as quite sturdy with stuff like that actually I must say but and do you think you've been lucky enough not to have anything I guess that warrants being too scary yeah I would say so because obviously if I had it I could be a completely different situation yeah. so I can understand why you would go down that spiral if you had had something I do actually know someone whose mum had had breast cancer and it has completely given her health anxiety mm. I totally get how that could happen so I think yeah I've been very fortunate and I yeah. think until experiencing that touch wood I won't I'm pretty good on it but I can see why that would happen so I had I don't know probably about six months ago I had a really painful boob and I mean I googled everything the first thing I googled was like breast pain is not usually associated with breast cancer but if you keep digging mm, it's like you will find something that yeah. tells you and that's where you've got to be so careful because the first thing it told me was that it wasn't mm. but I just kept digging until somebody said but it could be mm-hmm. associated yeah. they were actually talking about that on the highlight this week I can't remember why like in what context they were talking about it but it was about health myths and that was exactly what they were saying that it's a complete myth that a painful boob isn't associated yeah. with breast cancer and Pandora Sykes was saying that her sister did unfortunately have breast cancer she's fine now but she just didn't get a check because she so had she, heard. she did have a painful boob yeah ah. she did but didn't bother getting it checked right away oh, because right. exactly that had heard that a painful boob didn't oh, mean breast cancer so I was listening actually to Yumi and the Big C that yeah. and Rachel Bland who's really sadly mm. died she did have breast pain there you go and then I was like shit get yeah. me to that mm. doctor yeah. but you were fine I was fine, exactly. exactly. And they were amazing and, you know, they sent me for a scan. You've got to take that seriously. Yeah, I don't think any doctor's going to be like, oh, why did you waste my time? But no. I think that's kind of the first time where it's perhaps been so scary mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. that, you know, it wasn't just like... A cough. Or, a cough, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't really pay off because the first thing it told me was it wasn't associated yes. with. Strange. But then I just yeah. kept looking until it told me that it... I think on the internet you can find... Whatever anything. you want yeah. to find. Yeah. Exactly, whatever you want to find. Yeah. I had something similar last year. I had a massage 
and this is maybe in October or November and she said to me this is about five minutes into an hour massage oh did you know you've got a lump in your neck and I like mm. I catastrophize like yeah. hardcore I went straight to the doctor the next day and I was going to ask if you ever find that the doctor makes you feel worse because actually yeah. she didn't make me feel any better oh, really? she referred me for an ultrasound but I ended up going private in the end just because I wanted it done mm-hmm. and I have insurance so I just got it done so thankfully within about four days I knew that it was literally nothing it was just like fatty tissue yeah. but I spent oh. a week literally terrifying that's horrible. terrified mm. bit, literally thinking of all these worst case scenarios and actually I kind of did know I had a little lump there it's like under the skin mm-hmm. it's, apparently you can get it it flares up with like an infection right. and sometimes it can take years to just go away mm. and actually it took somebody else saying it and then the doctor not reassuring me I suppose at least now I know it's nothing sinister but I feel like had nobody ever said anything I would have just still continued. been yeah and been fine with that yeah, yeah. that is mm. so true I think also sometimes with I mean I have had one incident actually which was a bit scary but I think I had that and the doctor sometimes tends to make you feel a bit silly I don't yes, know if anyone I know that can. feeling and I think that's partly put me off going as well because sometimes you just think well actually I don't need that I mean, you should still go, obviously, but I just am saying, I think sometimes that can put people off. But then equally, they can be so amazing. Because when I went with this pain, I walked in and sort of sat down. I was like, I'm a grown woman. Like, come on, be mature. And then she asked me what was wrong. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was like, literally put myself in a grave. And (laughs) she couldn't have been nicer. She was so reassuring. Yeah, when you find a good one, it's amazing. Yeah, she was lovely. Well, I don't recommend this piece if you do have paranoia, health health anxiety, (laughs) Becky so nicely put it but if you are interested to know the symptoms that you should be investigating a little more do check out the 22 health niggles you shouldn't ignore on the site Let's talk about non-boozy nights out now. We all know that it's easy to uh, visit a bar or go for a boozy dinner, but what is there to do if you are cutting back on alcohol? We wrote a list of all the different things you can do that do not involve booze. So I want to know, what do you guys do when you don't fancy a drink? Laura? I'm quite happy not to have a drink. So what, so you'd go for dinner or even at the pub and just not have a drink or just dinner? Probably dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I often think once you've got past the kind of sitting down and ordering your drink... And then once decisions mm. made of what you're having to your drink, it kind of becomes a bit irrelevant. Yeah. It's almost a sitting down. Do I, do I not, do I, do I not? Yeah, and once yeah. I've decided no, then yeah, I'm quite happy not to. Yeah, once you've got like a Diet Coke or a Pellegrino in front of you, it yeah. doesn't matter, does yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heather? Yeah, whenever I've done dry January or anything like that, I've always just tried to just continue the routine as normal, but just don't order a drink. Mm-hmm. It's easier than you think, I think. Yeah, all interesting. And Becky? <laughs> I mean, I actually find it quite hard. Not that I am alcohol dependent, but I find it quite hard to go out with my friends and not to have a drink. But I think that also comes with the job culture, because I do a lot of PR meetings and a lot of them are quite big on alcohol. But I do really like this piece because actually there were several bars on here that I thought sounded interesting. And one of my friends has been going to non-alcohol bars just for her health because she's got very bad skin and wants to sort of see if that helps. And I thought the book club in Shoreditch sounds amazing. The book club I keep hearing is not boozy, but the one time I've been there was like a hardcore club. So (laughs) yeah, I can't really put the two and two together. They must have rebranded since the last time I went. Yeah, (laughs) it was really um, not alcohol free. And if I was going to do a non-boozy activity I mean I'd probably go to the cinema or something I haven't been to the cinema in such a long time that that is probably the kind of thing I would go and do there's a comedian in Brighton which is really cool if you're not seeking a bar I Mm -hmm. think something more low-key like that and those kind of cinemas it sounds like the everyman exactly you can go and have a cup of tea and some sweets and that's kind of as nice as a a glass of wine hot chocolate yeah Yeah. exactly that is nice well I'm quite partial to an escape room because part of the point of this piece was like some alternatives if you wanted to do something with a different 
different, wasn't it? There's one in Bank, which I've done twice, but there are different spaces there, so oh, cool. it's not just the same thing. They're so I love fun. Yeah. I keep wanting to go with my family, actually. I think That's it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically, you're trapped in a room, but it's not, if you're claustrophobic, it's not, it's, it's nowhere near as scary as it sounds, and you can't get out. But you basically have to solve puzzles in order to get out of the room, and you're on a clock, and there's a timer running down. So you can either do it by yourself. So I did one, there were seven of us, and that was like, we all did it. Or you can do it competitively. So they have the same room twice, and two different groups are trying to beat each other out yeah. of the same room at the same time so that's also really fun if there's a larger group of you and you can divide up but it's really hard to explain the kind of challenges they're, they're kind of logical things there's puzzles there's clues hidden around the room and are you places. Timed? yeah you're yeah. Still timed so like crystal, maze, uh, exactly yeah. like crystal maze exactly like crystal maze they're watching you the people who run the escape room like on a CCTV type thing and there's a phone in the room and they will call you with clues and oh, really? um, you can call them and ask questions and it's always got a theme so yeah, oh, yeah I, I did one in Prague and it was Indiana Jones <laughs> Cool. And, and it was, was amazing. amazing. It was really fun. Yeah. There was like treasure chests. It was so much fun. It was I, really yeah. Fun. The ones I did, I think, were like prohibition themed. So they were like, oh, yeah, wow. 1920s bars. I can't remember. Oh, mm-hmm. we did one where there was crown jewels themed as well. Oof. And, it, yeah. <laughs> and also, side note, I know someone who's proposed to it at the end of one, which I just think oh is the best God. proposal <laughs> ever. <laughs> the final thing you have to find is like the key to get it out. And they opened it. It was a ring. Nice. Oh, how that's good is that? Really, that's a good proposal. Um, yeah. Anyway, any other activities that you enjoy? I saw really like going to an exhibition when it's on at night like the nighttime one's not as busy I look around I've been to a couple this month one of them's Dorothea Tanning at the uh, Tate Modern which is brilliant I definitely recommend that one for people who don't know her art she is a surrealist so kind of mates with Dali and that lot but she was married to Max Ernst as well but she's really kind of unknown compared to all the other sort of surrealists because she's a woman basically Mm -hmm. but I think her stuff's much better than Dali's personally she's really interesting and then also at the Design Museum as well there's one called Home Futures which you might like Laura it basically looks at how how people in the 60s and 70s thought we would be living now oh, and there's cool. all sorts of weird contraptions and how they envisaged we'd be living and yeah cool so that's, on there. that's at the design museum I think until the end of the month and cool. the, the one at the Tate's cool. on for another few months but oh. again both evening ones and you can't drink when you're going around because you'll spill red wine everywhere but <laughs> yeah. I just think it's a nice thing to do really nice thing yeah. to do the yeah. other thing that you can do late for is the affordable art fair which I haven't no. done yet like he's meaning <laughs> yeah. to do but it was just on in Battersea I think last week or the yeah, week before was, yeah. um, but you can also buy evening tickets for that and and that's if you even come away with some art. Oh, you? I think yeah. I need a drink with that though. <laughs> what to make a high yeah. purchase? Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, a bit like a bit Dutch yeah, garage. Yeah. 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 yeah, quite possibly. Okay, well, if you are looking for some further recommendations of places to go, I quite like that there was some like a lot of healthy food places on yeah. this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. There was like pharmacy and good life eatery and couple of healthy spots that yeah. you don't have to drink out as well. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, there's a nice selection. So do have a look at our list. Let's talk a bit about fragrance now. Becky, you wrote a piece on 12 of the best male fragrances for women to try because sales of traditional female florals are falling in favour of more woody, spicy scents. So whether it's actually wearing men's perfume or just something that has a bit more of a masculine smell, they're really on the rise, aren't they? They are so on the rise. In fact, Liberty last year announced that I think nearly 50% of their sales were basically masculine scents. So it's huge. It's a big business. And I don't know about 
about all of you, but I love male scents. Me too. I think I put in there that it can really toughen up, like, if you're quite a feminine or if you're a bit quieter, it can give you a bit more edge, mm. I think. And it's different. You know that none of your female friends are going to be like, oh, I've got that on as well. It sets you apart from the crowd a bit. And actually, the top one on there, Com de Gasson Amazing Green, is my favourite. If I was going to pick a male scent, it would be that. What does it smell like? It's sort of vetiver, it's greeny, and I think it's got gunpowder in. Nice. It's Ooh. really cool. warm. Like, oh, it's like nothing you've ever smelled. And I think that's what's so addictive about it. And I actually bought it for Harry, and Harry's got really bad allergies. <laughs> and I didn't plan it. <laughs> but he hasn't been wearing it. Nice yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, it's really nice. And as I said, it does give you edge, and you get so many people that would genuinely stop you in the street and be like, what are you wearing? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's happened like twice. I don't know. <laughs> but still, when that happens, it makes you feel really smug, actually. Yeah. You're like, mm, you've not discovered it. Yes, yeah, so um, it's like a hack. Isn't yeah, it? Yes. exactly. So Laura? Yeah, I love it. I mean, Becky and I were having this chat the other day, but I wear Molecule, which is actually unisex. But I love it. I used to always wear kind of quite floral fragrances. And I think sort of the older I get, the less likely I am to wear something like that. And I love all the Tom Fords and Mm. the Hermes and all of those. I just 100% would wear them. Unisex is the word that I wrote down in terms of talking about this because actually I find all the fragrances I wear aren't in one camp or the other. I wear a lot of Lalabo and a lot of Tom Ford. Ben and I do sometimes share the Tom Fords I wear are Tuscan leather, which is so heavy and I like like, quite an oudy smell. And yeah, and Lalabo Vetiver. Like that's actually really quite manly. Even Mm. Santal, which I know you wear, Becky, and I wear that in the summer. I think a man, a man can definitely wear. I've yeah, got a friend definitely. that wears it, and actually, I thought it was so. He like wafted past me yeah. the other day, and it's like, "Are you wearing some yeah. that? <laughs> so I good." Smell, actually, you smell a lot of men in that. I think yeah. if you're walking along like Carnaby Street, I feel like everybody's wearing it. Yeah. Like, really, in a nice way. Like it shows that lines are completely blurred. Blurred. Yeah, I love that. Can get on board with so it. So true, now. Heather. Have, have you got any favourites? Yeah. So I quite like it because yeah, me and my boyfriend can share, which is good. They're mainly his, so I benefit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, any sort of aqua de palmas I love but they're sort of Italian ones that they bought out a couple of years ago they can definitely work both ways a weird old school one but Quercus by Ben Halligan's I really really like Ben Halligan's doesn't get enough people think it's really fusty and old fashioned Mm. but I still really rate a lot of their fragrances and their fragrances I find really last their formulas are so tried and tested and they know what they're doing to such an extent that actually I find they really last and yeah. stick more yeah. than a lot yeah. of other fragrances actually. Agreed. And also, yeah, I really love Replica Perfumes by Maison yeah, Margiela. Love their like, they're so good. All of them smell amazing and again, they're all kind of unisex. They have names like By the Fireplace and when you spray it on it, at first you're like, oh my God, that's horrid because it is just smoke but five minutes later it's got yeah. all those other masculine scents. There's Jazz Club which again smells mm. like you could be in a nice smoky whiskey infused Ooh, spot but yeah I think they do male and female very well the line is very thin between the two do you think it's a trend thing because it's really interesting that all of us feel the same and yeah. I wonder if five years ago that would have been the case do you think with brands like Le Labo and, and even you know, Tom Ford and the brands that fragrances that have become like fashion-y almost mm. and trendy 
do you think that's dictated our taste? I think so, because I think, yeah, five years ago it was all florals. I think it's the rise of the niche, actually. But also there was probably quite a more distinct line in their marketing exactly. for her and for him, mm, where yeah. it's so way more blurred. Yeah, now. and I think that comes with everything that's going on in society mm. as well. And I think it comes from a want to wear both. We shouldn't be defined by one. So I think, yeah, it is definitely trend-led, but mm. it's impressive seeing the statistics of how much they've yeah. risen, especially in the past year. Like, they're continuing to rise as well. I think, again, I read another stat that they're only going to grow over the next year or so. So, exciting. And I feel like the Labo, sadly, has gone quite mainstream it's now. It's gone a bit know, mainstream. It really upsets me. I know, I know. I know. Um, so, if you are looking for something slightly more niche, we won't tell anyone. Where else should we Where else should you to? look? I mean, I was going to say Byredo, but actually they're quite yeah, mainstream too. Just yeah. Liberty. Go to Liberty. Yeah, yeah Liberty. Do you know what I um, love, actually, is Wilhelm Perfumery. And it's actually a man and a wife, and he created one called Dear Polly. And it was a love letter to his wife in perfume form. And it literally smells of, like, Mm. smoke and books and a cup of tea, actually. They're the key ingredients. And he said it's because that's what reminds me of her. And they're really unique and niche. And, yeah, Liberty, as you say, is really good. Mm. Have a browse in Liberty. Okay, cool. And finally, any other recommendations from this list if people do want to try a men's perfume? Oh, Dior Eau Sauvage is nice, but, again, quite mainstream. So I would say Malin and Goats, they're one. They're brilliant, aren't they? For niche perfumes, they are brilliant I but the think one goes for yeah, oh my so god good. Yeah. so good so the other one I'd recommend off this list though is Atkinson's 24 old Bond Street triple extract now it's expensive but I have had this bottle actually since two summers so it lasts for so long and it smells again old libraries leather but actually really wearable in summer because it's got quite a citrusy dry down so oh it is so good I can't recommend that enough it's really musky and that's also under £100 which isn't cheap for perfume exactly but actually a lot of these trend perfumes are really expensive so that's not a terrible price that's probably my other favourite from the list and as I said Malin Goat's dark rum is divine and very summery so if you're looking for a summer scent head their way we'd all love to have sprawling open spaces in our home but particularly for those of us who live in London space is a luxury and it comes at a cost so we gather some design tips from some of London's top interior designers on maximising the smallest rooms in your home so I want to know what are your guys tips for making the most of a small space from this piece I took away the storage hack she said I think that it seems counterintuitive to create more like clutter but actually as soon as it's organized into nice boxes you naturally got more room so for me it would be finding really nice storage clear boxes and I think that works definitely Laura any tips for where can we get nice storage things (laughs) from there are so many good places for storage now Swoon Made I mean Ikea even like H&M Home now I mean we've surrounded by so much more you don't always have to spend the fortune I quite like a storage basket love a basket Mm. and actually H&M Home have the best storage baskets yes they do Laura any other tips for making the most of a small space with a small space I think don't be too afraid of it being small so when we did our house bear in mind we live in London there was this huge room that just had a loo in it I mean it was just <laughs> ridiculous like I was like no that is just not like a downstairs loo it was downstairs but we took the loo out and turned it into a playroom and then we it put, was that big it was ridiculous <laughs> and then we put the loo under the stairs but in doing so we've literally probably created the smallest loo in London it is so <laughs> tiny 
you almost have to reverse back. And when I was doing it, I was thinking, God, what am I going to do in there? And one of my friends who's an interior designer was like, just go bold on the paper. And I was like, oh, but it's so small. That's going to be ridiculous. And she was like, no, go bold. So I went really bold on the wallpaper and it totally works. So I think don't be afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. I think go the same colour all the way onto your woodwork too. So your skirting boards. So your skirting boards, same as your walls. Lengthens it. So yeah, I think it lengthens it, makes it feel a bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And then as it says in the piece, I think just like glass and mirror, Mm -hmm. glass doors, mirrors, you know, not just on the walls, but on your coffee table if you can, or have a mirrored tray or something that reflects the light. I always think that that definitely gives the illusion of a bit more space. A bit more airy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, I like. That. Heather, you're in a studio, aren't you? I am. So what do you do to maximise your space? Basically, I feel like my dad could have written this feature. <laughs> he is. But yeah, he's the same, the kind of like stack up, not out. Look, it's a studio flat, but it's got very high ceilings. Nice. So I've got like loads and loads of shelves that just go all the way up. And, but that's uh, really nice because that then fills wall space as exactly. well and it makes it feel really homely exactly and it's got all stuff on it and all books on different ones oh, so again it's not kind of cluttering up the floor space at all so I still feel like I've got quite a lot of floor space which I wouldn't have if I'd have just got normal bookcases mm-hmm. or chest yeah. drawers and things and then on top of my wardrobe I've just got loads and loads of sort of nice white boxes to kind of stash loads of things mm-hmm. in but because it's all white can't really tell they're there. So, yeah. so they use the height, basically. Exactly. So. And the same in the kitchen as well, because there isn't that much cupboard space around the kitchen mm-hmm. area. So just lots of very high shelves where you can stack everything up. So that's the one thing I saw in this that I was like, yes, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought another really good point was when they said, you know, you obviously need big furniture sometimes, but just think about the furniture you're buying because if it's a small space, like have slender legs so you can yes. see underneath the bed rather than it just being like this block. heavy block in the room yeah. I mean um, the one thing I'd love to do is not have anything under the bed but unfortunately that's a necessity <laughs> space saving yes, I do true. feel like it would look a lot airier if you could just see yeah, underneath yeah. Like that. Yeah. and in terms of colours I think as you said Laura people can be quite scared to put colours into their home in the fear of making it feel smaller are there any colours to avoid or can you just kind of go for it I think just go for it I also think that at the moment the trend is so kind of almost more is more isn't yeah. it it's yeah. like Annabelle. exactly yeah. with the trim with the colour so I kind of think go for it Wait, so what is your downstairs bathroom what's the oh it's passion? got flamingos oh I love nice. those oh like Georgie's no bigger they're like oh, wow. big flamingos cool <laughs> sounds pink awesome. yeah oh that's really cool yeah I want to see a snow. Uh, <laughs> I want to see wallpaper it's yeah. just a whole other yeah. thing, oh, isn't it that's a whole other yeah, thing like when we all thing. are rich and famous yeah exactly <laughs> small bathrooms yeah. for now small, yeah. Yeah. very small downstairs lose well for more tips on making the most of small spaces have a look at the piece okay let's end by talking about the wedding diaries (laughs) my wedding is really soon you guys Uh. so we did our food tasting back towards the end of feb so i wrote all about how to choose the food for your big day because most of the weddings i go to are jewish that's just kind of i don't know circumstance so i don't know if you guys can relate to this but i find the formula for wedding food a little tried and tested there's very much a set menu that people tend to go for with quite similar things and even people who i wouldn't necessarily think that they would go for that seem to kind of default to the comfort zone thing 
thing. So it's normally some kind of like Asian Eve tuna tartar type starter and then meat. Everybody is obsessed with serving meat, which yeah. they don't understand. And then it's some kind of fancy dessert. And personally, I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm just not into the fancy I'd dessert. I'd rather have a nice main. Yeah, or like... I'd rather have like a Mars bar. Like, if, I don't know, or like a <laughs> scoop of like salted yeah. caramel ice cream or something. I don't yeah. know, I don't want then some like fancy thing. Anyway, luckily my wedding doesn't lend itself to anything too formal anyway. That's not the vibe. And I was really, really set on doing sharing plates. When I go out to eat, I never go anywhere where you have your own starter and main course. I don't like that kind of food. I just prefer to pick. Mm -hmm. So I just figured, why wouldn't you do that at a wedding as well? So what I had envisaged was like huge salads. What I really wanted to do was like big baked fish like all the way down the table the caterers were like no no and they make a good point if you plonk these massive pieces of fish down the table then people have to serve themselves and that's quite ugly looking on the plate like you start dishing up your own I like the idea of it yeah Yeah. not that elegant so in the end for the main course we're having plated white fish and then some extras but also I really wanted it to be in keeping with the vibe of the wedding because it's in Milwaukee I felt like we really had to play on that so that's why we went with fish we still went with a kosher caterer but we wanted to serve fish regardless so in terms of being kosher, you have to go kind of meat or dairy. And again, I thought dairy was so much more important. If we went for meat, then we would have just been able to serve like meat and vegetables. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so but this true. way we're doing like burratas mm. and Ooh, paellas. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. yeah, just like all this lovely stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do had so we gone meat. So you have to meat. go either or. Yeah, in kosher rules, you can't mix milk and meat. Okay. So you either go for like a milky menu, which fish is obviously yeah. fine with, and then you can have your cheeses and your dairies. Or if you went down the meat route, which is why I guess people That's go for quite a traditional dessert because if you have meat right, okay. you can't, you can't, have, have, you can't have anything yeah. dairy related I, um, yeah. I did not know that mm. you've got way more sports. scope going dairy definitely I'd go so dairy. much more scope exactly so that's why we went down that route but anyway it is really hard to make a decision because I feel like food is quite a big part for me as a guest I, yeah, I've been to a wedding before where they focus more on the booze than the food and the result was everyone the next day all kind of came together for breakfast and were like I've never been so drunk at a wedding and it was funny but also I barely ate a yeah. thing I think you've said that on the podcast yeah, before I and just yeah, remember I was so starving and you've got to go heavy on the canopy yeah, yeah there yeah. weren't any canopies and then it was like some bread to share and then like a really small main and then the pudding was I think I was so drunk I just didn't care <laughs> yeah, yeah you just eat it then you're yeah. not even taking it in yeah, are you it was, there wasn't enough food so for me yeah I think a lot of food and Lots of booze is good too, but I think you do need to strike that balance because otherwise you've just got kind of very drunk guests or kind of people oh, scavenging around. Yeah. Like, Look when's food. the you know the eleven p.m. grub coming Definitely. out? Yeah. And it's not cheap, but there are things you can do. So I know you mentioned bread in a comical way, yeah. But you can do breads in olive oil. Yeah. You can do I don't know risottos or pasta yeah. dishes. It doesn't have to be something really expensive, yeah. but just to bolster it a bit so mm, people aren't exactly. starving hungry. Uh, Laura, what did you do for food at your wedding? We did steak and chips. Ooh, mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was That's good. good thinking about what you were saying, up. Uh, I mean, it kind of feels a bit dated now. Oh, no, I like that. Going. Yeah. But also, your wedding was, what, five years ago? Yeah, six yeah. years ago. But our puddings were probably a bit refined. Like, we had, like, three little shot glasses. Yeah. You know? Do you know what it is? It's yeah. really dated. <laughs> no, but people, um, people always go for those things. But at the time, it was delicious. Yeah. And I kind of felt like it was really appropriate at the time. Mm-hmm. But now, I think I would do it very differently. So, like, my parents have still gone for that kind of dessert for their friends because there's 
there's an expectation, isn't there? That you're yeah. going to, particularly from a grown up generation, that if you're going to a wedding, then it should be a certain format. Yeah. I just wanted to break with status quo for the younger yeah, people. Definitely. I, I just made sure we went heavy on the canopies. Yes. Because I just think idea. people, particularly like all my school friends, were always like positioning, like, trying to find where they're coming out of, trying to find yeah. like, <laughs> That has been that, making friends yeah. with the waitress. So that was big feedback to our wedding planner as well. We were like, we do not want a situation where it's all coming from one place no. and everyone just congregates around that door yeah. waiting for the canopies to come out. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, we've tried to disperse them yes. around the room. So I know someone that is having a really traditional Indian wedding and for their food, I mean, I really want to go now. <laughs> for their food, they're having five different types of curry. Oh, oh yeah. my But it's goodness. a bit Amazing. like you. It's like sharing one. But she was saying there was a gorgeous dal on the menu Ooh. and they've got like all these different types of rice. And I was just thinking, how nice to yeah. mix it up like that. I mean, oh, it was literally making me drool. And my best friend's getting married next year and they also are looking at Italian sharing plates. Mm. Yeah, so I lovely. Love so, and like you, she said, it is going to work out more expensive. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. Mine actually isn't more expensive. We paid an X price for the caterer when we booked them. And yeah. then when we came to the tasting, I was like, this is what I want. You need to make it work within mm-hmm. this budget. Yeah. So it doesn't actually have to be more expensive. And it is important, I think, isn't it? Because it's the main bit where you're all sat together. It's quite a bulk of the evening. So it is important to get it right. Mm-hmm. It's a special thing. I agree. Okay. Well, if you do want more tips for getting the food right for your wedding, then do check out the latest wedding diaries. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, please do rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. And we'll see you next time.